Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Shedcast, brought to you by Putting It Together. I am Elaine McNichol, and I am here all season bringing you all things Shedinburgh. It's an absolute honour to be here experiencing the spirit of the fringe from our little shed in the Soho Theatre. And I'm really starting to kind of settle into my my role as pilot now and I'm just enjoying it, enjoying picking the brains of all these creatives. It's It's amazing, this is a new kind of role for me, so there was all that lovely stuff that's attached to when we do things for the first time, as Brenny Brown calls them, you know, fucking first times. So today my guest is Serena Mantigi, who I have just watched perform Build a Rocket. And what a show that was. I loved how we got what felt like the full performance just in that that tiny shed. The space was used so well. I feel as if every little nook and cranny of that shed was used you know, round the back of the space. This I just felt as if we really were getting a dynamic version of the play and if anything it just made me want to watch the full the 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 the, the whole play in its entirety to see exactly you know, because I feel as if I got a flavour for it, for what the full kind of shebang would would feel like and I'm it's kind of left me wanting more. So I think it was Serena's performance was very, very masterfully done going between the different characters and, you know, I really felt that we could see all these people in her life. I, I thought the the transition into the mother was just was just beautiful and, and so heartbreaking, the reality of that for so many children that, that live in, in homes with parents who are who are unwell and, and can't and maybe can't look after them the way that they need to be and it just really, um, it really touched the chords, and I thought it was, it was, it was beautiful, and it got me thinking about my own kind of experience as a woman, and and motherhood. Well, lack of for me, I don't have any any children, and it's not something. I don't know if it's something I want or I don't. I've not decided that that yet, but it got me. It got me thinking about that and I'm a, I am a maternal person so it still struck those chords in me even without even without children myself and I just loved how we really felt like this little boy Jack as he as he grew as as Serena's character uh, got older and we just felt like we really knew this this little boy and I just thought it was it was so well well done and also just how much we are rooting for we are rooting for her the whole way through um and you know at the end we get it's 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 triumph over adversity isn't it i had a little a little tear in my right eye that was welling i think it might have ran a little bit so which is good this is what we want we want to go to the theater we want to think we want to feel, we want to laugh, we want to be repulsed, we want to do all these things and we are getting that all here at Shedinburgh for the next month. So yes, definitely get on to shedinburgh.com 
and get your tickets because this is a one time, it's streamed once, you buy your tickets, you watch it and that's it, it's gone. We don't get, it's not on Netflix or anything like that where you can go back and say, oh, I'll watch that later or nope, you need to be there or be square. So, um, <laughs> sorry. Oh dear. Um, yeah, so get on to shedabra.com and buy your tickets and come and come and join us in this wonderful our wonderful shed. Um so without further ado and any more bad jokes from me, it is now time for my guest of the day. It's Serena Mantigue, and we are putting it together. I mean, I haven't performed the show for 18, maybe close to two years. I can't remember. Is it like October 2019 would have been the last time I did it. Which is so, a long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So it felt a bit weird. But also like, as it always has been, because I've had breaks away from the show before. But every time I come back to it, it's like, because it's quite a mammoth task, this show. <laughs> And yes. this, this was like the Sheddenborough one was a much more scaled down version of it. Because, um, yeah, it's usually much bigger, big like physical sequences. And, and so I'm usually like uh, leaping the... around the stage and doing all sorts. But um, yeah. And how did you find the more intimate version of it in comparison to you were saying it's normally direct address. There's normally more physically going on. How did you find the scaled back? I think um, it's one of those things that for everything I felt like I not necessarily lost, but like had to change. I gained so much. So actually being able to like really take it down and be really intimate was such a dream because I have obviously not allowed to do that when there's like 400 people in the audience. <laughs> um, so actually being able to like really whisper bits or like be really, really intimate was, was dreamy. And yeah, for all the bits where I was like leaping around, <laughs> to be honest, it's quite nice not, have, not to have to do them. <laughs> yes, yeah, a bit more of a relaxed, a relaxed version. I take yeah. it you're obviously, you're mic'd up in the theatre. Mm -hmm normally at the fringe etc you wouldn't be mic'd up so it was a lot more physically uh, there was a lot more physically needed and yeah 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 mm -hmm. and especially when we did I mean the fringe is sort of a dream anyway Edinburgh because they're all intimate spaces really I mean unless mm -hmm. you're in like the grand or whatever but um but even like the main house in the Travis it feels very intimate that space and like so actually in Edinburgh I don't think it was it wasn't so much a problem but when we did like a national tour and then and also when we were in Ad because we it won the Holden Street Theatre Award so we went to Adelaide amazing the there and that was a much bigger space and wow. uh, much more sort of cavernous um and yeah so it was things like that I think like just turning up spaces where it's like oh yeah yeah basically required a lot more and it was and also just things like I mean you know the type of acting you do is it's a lot more pronounced and like visible and um almost like front-footed because you're telling the story as 
sort of um, close to the surface as possible mm-hmm. so that everyone can see it and read what's happening on your face or, you know, inside. Whereas actually being able to just think through things and really like gently and more slightly, not more honestly, that sounds like theatre's dishonest, which is not what I mean at all. But, um, and also, as you can see, I'm a very big, loud person anyway. So <laughs> it's a, like, I always think that when you see really like really delicate TV performances, I'm like, that's very impressive. I mean, in real life though, I am such a like wild gesticulator anyway. You know, that's so interesting. You say, you, you say about the kind of intimate performance, because I thought your performance was so beautiful at, oh, at, at the whole time. And <laughs> The movement and stuff so did see the movements the kind of that went through different characters and stuff are very specific was that something that you came up with or was that with the director yeah well I think actually it's mainly it comes from the writing Mm -hmm. I found anyway um so well some things like we had a choreographer so there were some bits that like mm -hmm. um yeah amazing Erin she's wicked um she there were some which aren't in the Shedinburgh version, but um, really big physical sequences, um, including the set, which was a, the original set is a roundabout. So it's like, or sort, sort of looks like a roundabout or um, or almost like bike uh, locks as yes, well. Yes, I am. Um, I seen a um, picture when I was on oh, the googling. old Google yeah, last yeah. night. <laughs> so I would like jump in and around them Amazing. and jump on top of them. And like So it's quite like, and Erin and, and Paul, the director, really like crafted all of that, definitely. But in terms of the characterization, I really, it's just testament to Chris's writing, to be honest, that as soon as I started talking like those people, having like read through and gotten a sense of who they are, like especially mum, just was... sort of knew who she was as soon as the first like words came out of my mouth. And maybe I'm totally wrong. I really hope I get to see another actress do it where I'm like, oh, your mum's so different. But... For me, I just she just felt like this, like really, you know, slug, the, sluggish, tired woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. the mum character was so heartbreaking and so beautiful, and and the way you transferred through the characters and stuff was just was just amazing. Oh, thank um, you. Again, I really do think that is, um, yeah, it just is there on the page. Chris sort of put it all in I think you get a really good sense from reading it once I really was like okay yeah I like I'm not from Scarborough as you can hear um and I'm you know I'm not working class um I'm not yeah I wasn't a teenage mum at all I went off and went to uni and stuff but but I just well also I suppose my upbringing isn't like so far away from Yasmin I'm not like yeah so close enough in that but more than anything I guess what I'm trying what I'm trying to like cat candidly sort of get at is that as soon as I read it I thought I know this girl I know this girl I grew up with her I just she's like a bit like me in certain ways like and I just I don't know I just knew her I just was like I can totally like I can I could hang out with her I could improvise as her for for 10 hours like, I just feel like I know who she is um you know, and I think that's the same for all those characters in the play, really. Yeah, we were, you root for her the whole time. That was what I thought was so beautiful. You're really with her. Yeah, and I think that's because she's like, like I think her violence as well, because she does have a real violent streak. But to me, again, it always felt like it came out of a sort of manic energy. It's not, 
like she's not trying to hurt anyone really it's like and but what the sort of um other side of that coin as it were of her like mania is that she's like really bouncy and clowny and funny and quick and like you can imagine um so there sort of were a few girls that I like were my mates growing up or I went to school with or whatever who are still my mates where you think even though you're like one of the scariest girls in class you're one of the most loved and the funniest like to be able to hold that power in a way was incredible and I think that's why even though so many odds are stacked against her she sort of travails because she has like these innate strengths I think you find that with people you know you're talking about a character like Yasmin who's got a lot of violence in her and where she's came from a lot of people who have been through adverse adversity because it's adversity that helps us grow and helps us evolve into people suffering all that lovely stuff that that hopefully helps us to yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent. and how like how many times do you like I often meet people where they might have like you know be reaching retirement but I'm still like you're it's like talking to an eight-year-old have you ever (laughs) struggled through anything like have you ever (laughs) and in a way I'm really jealous like wow it must be great to be you (laughs) but in but yeah I think also another thing which I mean I've I've like if you've read stuff around the show before like I've said before but one thing that I suppose I always that Chris said actually when he first approached me with the show which is that like it it shouldn't like we I want to show her as the heroine like it's not she hasn't fucked up her life she does something incredible and something really ordinary but incredible and that was also a massive thing for me when I was sort of being interviewed about it sometimes and people being like you know you have a degree and you know blah 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 I'd be like yeah but I mean I'm nearly Yasmin's age and what do I really have to show for it like (laughs) like obviously I have a wonderful life and a great career I'm not taking it back but she's raised a child you guys she has raised a person like the way how what world we can demonize young teenage moms when they are Mm -hmm. raising children as children it's like you she does a fucking incredible job um and even the ways in which she fucks up are like I mean totally relatable and not at all um out of uh context of like what she's living through anyway and and we love her more for that I think and it's interesting that you say it was an ordinary it's, it's an ordinary story yeah where you follow an ordinary young woman into her kind of adult life and I think as an audience member there's a very specific point where it changed from watching obviously it's you you realize you're watching a story about a a young girl and all of a sudden there's motherhood Mm. and you don't even see it happening and I know that sounds so silly because it's about a pregnancy yeah but it happens so subtly that at the end now that she's a, a mother can, can you explain for us maybe that journey for you for going from the kind of younger Yasmin to the mother and all those all those beautiful themes that, yeah. are, that are in it there of motherhood and it's amazing. Well, I think, yeah, it's funny. I, I weirdly experienced something similar where there's certain scenes where I'm just like, fuck, I feel old and tired. 
You can Sorry. see that in some of them. Yeah, of course you can. Um, you can see you're very tired in yeah. some of the scenes. I'm like, man, Yasmin is tired. Yeah, yeah. And I think, but so it almost creeps up on me as well, where I'm like, I've just been like, go, 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 raise this child. Don't worry about it. Keep going, keep going. And then like there's moments, scenes where Chris is put in that's so beautiful that like really, where, you, you know, the audience is allowed to breathe suddenly. Um and yeah, then it's that you know, I, yeah, I find myself going, oh my God, yeah, I feel like I've got a fucking 12 year old now. Jesus, I'm tired. Um, and so it does sort of creep up on you. But I think that's because it's quite oddly structured in that way. You'd think if you were telling a story of a 16, 16 year old girl and then by the end of the play, she's, you know, mid thirties, you would um, go like, I don't know, chapter per year or whatever mm-hmm. um or scene per year but actually she's young for like the first third of the show and I did because I because I was trying to like le- relearn the words I blocked it into thirds I only realized this the other day and recorded it so that I could listen to it while I was walking around and stuff instead of my podcast <laughs> um and yeah she's young she's 16 17 for like most of the first half of the show and then the second half you the second third sorry the middle chunk you are, yeah she's still still quite young up into like mid early 20s and then you get the sequence where she goes from 6 to 12 really quickly and then suddenly we're in like the last the last third of the show is like her as a sort of yeah woman trying to raise a teenager um and i think it's a really clever trick that he pulls off because you sort of really invest in her as this young woman and she's so believably written as a teenager, like, and so, yeah, it is, I think, again, like, this is, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it is, it just sort of is all there on the page, because she's so, like, and the way it's written as a teenager, she's bow, 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 bouncy, 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 and there's joke, 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 and then she's dancing, and she's meeting this guy, and it's so fun, and it's written very quickly, and then, you know, something like the Christmas scene with her mum, that's mm. like the almost the first scene we get where it's all well I suppose there's a couple of others but it feels like that moment where I come like god um and I think that's because it's like dialogue between two characters it's almost like the first like traditional scene mm-hmm. sort of thing and um so yeah I think it's funny you experience it like that because I think actually that's the way that it's the the, the character lives her life like that because as an audience member, that's exactly that. You've got this energy and then all of a sudden we're in motherhood and it completely changes. You were saying, who was your kind of target audience? When we were first thinking about the show, we were like, oh, our ta- target audience will be young women, I guess. Because um, that's, because in all the ways that it's not about pregnancy, it's about being a young woman, really. Um, or motherhood. Um and that is touched on a lot, I think, in terms of like what it means to be her in, in the world uh, that she's in. But yeah, but then we found more and more, at least I found when I was performing it, the people who seemed so like the most responsive and the most like took the most from it. Um, and often like we sold, a, yeah, who ended up being the like, the, the core demographic as it were, were parents. So like mums and dads, really. They like, yeah, 
I don't know, like middle-aged mm-hmm. sort of people who, people who are often now at the point that Yasmin is at the end of the play. Yes. So sending their kids off to university or just after that, that was like, those are the people who stayed behind at stage door and were like, thank you so much. Oh my God, I don't know how, you know, he could have known that's exactly how I felt. I wished for, you know, the results Yeah, to be the different. rating is yeah. so em- emotionally on, just on point at all, at all times. There's a line, um, one more year of my boy. Yeah. And that was when the the waterworks started yeah. for me. Like when you finished, <laughs> just a little, a little tear just in my right hand. Yeah, and I, my I eye. mean, this this is going to sound like I'm chatting shit, but I swear to God, my sort of little challenge to myself in that scene is don't cry. Mm-hmm. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think I've ever managed it. And I, that really sounds like I'm just talking up the show and that it's nonsense, but. It is. There's just something about those words, even when I'm running them, like in my garden yesterday, going, yeah, just going, I'm not going to, yeah, I don't want to give away the last line of the show, I know. actually. <laughs> I was like, ah, no. Um, but yeah, they're really hard to get through, really hard to get through. And was this piece something that you and Chris worked through together? Or did you, how did the, How did you come to meet Chris? And where, where did this come from? Where did, where did it come from? Well, where was, what was the birth no, of this play? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first in fact, it came from Chris, 100%. Um, but we went to university together and uh, that's where we met. Um, and we then were sort of in a theatre company together. So we worked together sort of after uni a bit. And then we sort of hadn't seen each other a couple of years and he asked me to come in. Oh, that was it. The original script was quite different and it was it was three women performing Yasmin's story, which I still love as an idea and I kind of hope someone does it at one point. <laughs> um, so there was like a Scottish Yasmin, a Northern Scarborough Yasmin and a London Yasmin. So when I would, for example, if there was anything, um, when she says, uh, we are pulling onto Dean Road, I would then go Bishop's Avenue or whatever uh, and then someone from I don't know the, the actress from Glasgow Buchanan Street there you go so many more so many other streets I could have picked I just went for the most obvious one okay um, yeah I mean so Bishop's Avenue yeah. full of mansions I don't think Dean's living on Dean what's his name Danny Dean oh, good old uh, Dean is living on <laughs> I don't know who Dean is uh, is on Bishop's Avenue but the point being like obviously the geographical things you'd get these repeats and it'd be three girls telling their story um across the country sort of in the idea I think that Yasmin's like the every woman um yeah which is super cool so I came in and I did that and then I was up at the Stephen Joseph theatre in Scarborough doing um a play there and they choose uh plays uh every year over the summer to do these like staged readings and they use the actors from the summer like cast the yeah and I saw that Chris's play was and I was like oh can I do it because I know Chris and like I've already done a reading of it that'd be great um and and you know I like loved the play and then he thankfully said the same thing um (laughs) and thank god yeah and then obviously because it's Chris's hometown and he's Scarborough lad um we were like oh let's yeah come up early we'll rehearse it a bit and and then, so we did this stage reading and then, yeah, Paul Robinson, amazing artist director of the SJT, uh, 
commissioned it off the back of that reading so then yeah thank and again I was like as if my lucky stars I'll be able to play this character because I'm not from Scarborough but they very kindly were like oh no we think you should do it so then over the next year Chris had lots of I think just like playing around with different ideas and so we did lots of readings and like rewrites and going you know he'd write in a whole new element of the story say and then we'd read through it and be like does that work should we keep that or no that doesn't seem true or whatever so yeah it's like all all crisp but we sort of um yeah we did all these readings together collaborated and, yeah 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 it was um it was it was wonderful and you say she's a kind of every woman and yeah. that is exactly that um yeah the kind of this sounds very morbid but the self-hatred yeah and, and like this is why i think eve yeah why if you're not a mother or if, if you're not a parent it's still there's so much in there that yeah like there's I'm so not much. but there was so much that I was like oh my god and so I'm this girl in so many ways well yeah. I completely related when she was when she was younger completely related to that and then all of a sudden when you we have this almost invisible shift into motherhood I was I don't have any children either but I was like I was kind of overwhelmed by this almost like kind of maternal instinct yeah, yeah, for yeah. this this boy but that I think didn't, doesn't can... exist but I feel as if Jack feels so real yeah that yeah I wanted to see his lovely hair and all that you know I wanted these things yeah and... it's really funny because I've got a really distinct picture of him in my head but that's yeah it's well lovely. I think as the audience we also yeah through through you your your portrayal and the way you deliver the words and the words and the did it we he is a real, very real He's a very real character mm. and we never see him. Yeah, I know. We did have a scene where I played Jack and many moons ago in one <laughs> version of it and I do love it. It's one of the funniest scenes but it just wasn't like one of those things where you have to cut and it didn't really further the story. It was just a really fun scene. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I actually think it's really strong that you never... Oh, actually, I suppose I do. I do. As a tiny kid, I play Jack. But yeah, mostly I guess it's... I think it works that he doesn't that he's he's so present but that we don't necessarily hear from him I never like do a monologue as Jack Mm -hmm. or whatever because probably for that reason that you all start to like you know everyone has their own version of him and they start to root for him in their own way and it is what I know what you mean like the maternal instinct I guess it's like it's similar to a really like compassionate instincts to protect and because I suppose, because I was thinking sometimes I do get weird, like very real pain on stage for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's not real. <laughs> I do have to kind of remind myself, like, no one's leaving, Serena. I guess it's that thing of actually you're like tricking your body into feet. Mm-hmm. Or like even I felt like sometimes during the birth scene, I'm like, oh my God, am I having like contractions? I really, really. Am feel... I having a baby? Yeah, sometimes we get like weird pangs. I'm like, like oh, God, what's happening? But, the immaculate um... conception. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe I should go see a doctor. Yes. No, I, <laughs> but um, but I tell you what, it, you saying that made me think of, kind of made me think of the like the England match, and I was sat there just like I felt like as a mother, mm-hmm. going, oh these poor boys, oh. these poor boys, they're doing so well, and I just wanted to hug them. I kept turning to my my boyfriend and being like, I just you know I just want to be there so that when they come off to be like it's okay you did a good job you're good boys you you played so well I was exactly the same I only yeah. watched the penalties because my brother asked me to come in and watch them with him 
I was so I came in and watched them, and I was like, I was just feeling ve- very, yeah, I was feeling maternal instincts for them, and I was like, I couldn't watch this because I'm just sad that they haven't sc- for everyone who didn't score the penalties at the end. Yeah, I, was, I just felt sad. <laughs> well, weirdly, I had like a, I thought I'd feel devastated, but I had the like opposite deep maternal pride afterwards. I was like, they did so well, <laughs> they did so well, and I won't hear, I won't hear anything else from anyone. Amazing, um, yeah. But um, so I think, yeah, it's like whether you have kids or not, this show is kind of just about someone who feels like everything is stacked against them, battling slowly mm-hmm. and inelegantly through the odds. And you know, someone who the world has, society mm. has basically, she's been born into into a society that wants to keep her down yeah and it's it's a show where pushing pushing up against yeah. smashing through the ceiling and it's it's amazing oh well thank you so much for being such a like lovely audience my whole two mem- <laughs> the members the only audience but the best hope you all enjoyed listening to the the conversation as much as I enjoyed having it it was a joy to speak to Serena so coming up at the Shedinburgh Fringe we have lemons 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 and then in the next few days we have sexy lamp and we have everything is absolutely fine you do not want to miss any more if you have already missed some of it so definitely get on to shedinburgh.com and buy your tickets you won't be seeing these again so get on there get your tickets and don't miss it because I want everyone to to be experiencing the fringe in the same way I am so that's it for another episode of Shedcast brought to you by putting it together and the Shedinburgh fringe bye bye for now